Hi everyone, uh, thanks for joining us once again on the I'll Try That podcast. It's me, Matthew Barber, joined this week by the regulars, Joe Druitt. Say hello, Joe. Hello, everyone. And say hi, Rich. Hello. Richard Jabral on the mic. Um, thanks for joining us again. We're doing something, I think, a little little bit different. Um, we're uh, entering the world of Apre Ski today with Jubel. Um, Peast inspired brews cut with various fruits. Um, so something for a little uh, little alternate uh, refreshment. But before we do that, we're going to pass over to Joe, who's going to do our hop topic for the day. Joe, what is the latest? Right. Well, this week we're traveling down under. So, you know, obviously very fond of our uh, Australian counterparts. Too right, mate. Of course, they're looking after one of our own of, uh, of Simo right now. So we're uh, very, very happy for them to be showing him the ways of the uh, of the Australia land. And I'm obviously a massive fan of Australia. And uh, this story that I've just, just come out um, about their prime minister has made me fall a new level of love for Australia. So the prime minister of Australia is a man called Anthony Albanese. Does anyone anyone come across Anthony Albanese before? Um so I think he, he's, he's not that long been in the job, has he? Anthony, no, he's relatively Anthony new. He's, yeah, he's, he's not long. I, I remember there was a bit of a rumour about the last guy. And actually, to be honest, I'm not sure I even want to go into it, but wasn't there something to do with after a rugby match, he was caught short somewhere? To be honest, we ought to leave it there, really. He's, not the, he's not the master of today's <laughs> topic, say, topic anyway. that, That's old news. We're talking new news. Forget We're about talking that. about Anthony's situation. But basically, I think you're, you've hit on something here. The Australian prime ministers are something of a character. I mean, there was that one that went off swimming and never came back. Do you remember that? Oh, that story yeah, that ever I happened? Heard about that one. Uh, there's, also, there's also yeah. an Australian prime minister who, who you know, did, who, I don't know, there's just, who had multiple jobs or something. I mean, there's, that's a bit of a scandalous thing. But anyway, there's a lot of things that it's like, when you think about Australia and their prime ministers, there's always something that might be going almost on. Like, almost like it's a prerequisite that they have to have done something a bit weird. Yeah. So Anthony, as you said, Matt, he's not been in the job very long, and yet he's already making headlines for not his policy, but some things that he's been doing in his you know leisure activities. Let's say. Now we're not talk- talking Italian Berlusconi level of leisure activities here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of relieved. Yeah. But what he's done is he was at a um, a rock concert from a very uh, big band called Gang of Youths. Uh, they're getting very big and popular in Australia. Uh, so he was at this rock concert. He was sat on the mezzanine level. So, you know, we're not talking mosh pit here. He's up in the up in the fancy boxes area. Yeah, prawn sandwich brigade sort of vibe. That's it. And he's, uh, he's pictured here in this video wearing a Joy Division t-shirt. So, you know, he, he knows some stuff about his music, having a Joy Division nice. t-shirt. You know, big props to that. Uh, and anyway, what's captured in this video is the whole of the audience on the lower level. So everyone else who's watching this band turned around and looking up at the mezzanine where Anthony is sat and kind of like, I guess, kind of goading him on. Anyway, he just basically skulls, or as they refer to here in this article, skulls his beer in front of them and then stands up for like rapturous applause. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um Sculling, a, sculling, sculling a beer, that is, that is quite close to, to, to hearts out there, isn't it? I was going to say, isn't currently the, the, the New Zealand Prime Minister going through a similar sort of thing where loads of videos of her partying and all of, with all of her friends drinking Prosecco have just ah. been released? Isn't that, has, hasn't that just happened? 
Yeah, well, I wasn't sure if that was her because it's Jacinda Ardern is the uh, key New Zealand prime, New Zealand prime minister. Prime minister yeah. yeah. I'd yeah, heard. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure there's been loads of videos of her just just is having it a good time. Sa- Sana Marin in Finland. Was it Finnish? No, you're ta- you're uh, this. You're mixing up the, pri- the the fantastically strong female prime ministers. You're thinking you're thinking New Zealand, and actually it's oh, okay. Finland. So Barbara, carry on your thought thought process. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's San- Sana Marin from Finland, who's about she's a, she's a prime minister, but she's you know quite. I mean, quite remarkable. I think wherever you are, yeah. Quite remarkable wherever you are that she's prime minister and she's she's been in she's in her thirties. Um, she's thirty six to be yeah, precise. Thirty six. Yeah, she's definitely yeah, achieved so, a lot more than us a lot. Yeah. So um, she, I, I, we joked about this earlier. Yeah. I recently bought some new trainers. So I mean that's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, <laughs> rather than have, have been prime minister of anywhere, but um, yeah, I think she was. Uh, I just just getting down, having a good time. I think wasn't she? And then lots of people kicked off about it because how. How dare she? Yeah. Um, and I think she was hanging out with her mates. And there's a bit of a, a viral video sensation of, I think, uh, Finnish ladies in particular just dancing in support of Sana or something. It was all for Sana. Yeah. And they were all, um, um, you know, posting videos of themselves dancing because um, probably not the end of the world, yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah, I think they were they were dancing and, and showing they were partying and tagging her in it. Yeah, and it was just... But, you know, I was kind of quite joking about this because, you know, the, the, the Finnish... Um, member of parliament that's been really championing this whole she should take a drug test she was definitely taking drugs is from the you know the kind of the right wing side of the Finnish government you know and it was like well you know no matter what country you're in they're all the same kind of like cut of the same jib kind of situation um but I did notice having done a little bit more research on this uh Sana has recently as of five hours ago of recording have has come up with a new apology um so it's it's not to do with it's not to do with the partying. So that's, she's dealt with that issue. Uh, you know, I think she's dealt with it well. Again, as we all know, everyone likes to party. Uh, but she's recently put out an official apology uh, for some of her guests uh, going topless at the official residence. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh... Oh. <laughs> what's, what's, what's a more appropriate noise than the one I just made? <laughs> <laughs> And as a, and I, I don't want to sensationalise it anymore, but the Daily Mail have gone with this headline. Oh, God. Finnish PM forced to apologise after female pals were seen topless and kissing in official <laughs> residence. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's, I mean, we, again, let's not go on Daily Mail. I mean, just, yeah, um, I don't know. I almost want, want us to expunge any evidence we ever, the, their names was, was ever mentioned on here, but... Um, well, yeah, well, they're, they're one of a kind, aren't they? But um, kissing. Kissing. <laughs> at a party. Yeah. Um, In the official residence. Yeah. Just wait till they hear what our prime minister's been <laughs> when, yeah. when parties were literally banned <laughs> by him. <laughs> There's a thing to get out of your tree about. Blooming heck. Oh, anyway. I mean... It does bode well for Finnish politics that this is a big issue. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. for us, it's like such a non-starter and like, hey, she's doing great. Like, fine, you know, she's want to have a party with her friends like, and with Finnish celebrities. And she's 36, like, you know, sure, you know, whatever. But it's like, I just, 
it's a good sign for the country that this become is for some reason made international news. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, I would have said to her. I think she did agree to the drug test. I think didn't she to just put everyone's minds at rest? But I'm a little bit like I almost think she shouldn't shouldn't have indulged them to that extent. But um, yeah. I mean, hey, look at us. We're, our podcast has moved into the realms of highbrow political commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Check us out. Um, love that. They, they they might as well call yeah. us the next private hey, eye. Well, at least she's not taking nuclear secrets home. So. Um, swings and roundabouts, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, we'll continue on the, the political vibe then. Do I hear he's um, apparently uh, Trump's... Just, just to clarify who you're talking to about, about this situation, yeah. <laughs> this is the Donald Trump thing where his, his Mar-a-Lago house got raided by the, uh, by the FBI. FBI. Yeah, I, I think I read earlier also there's talk that he, he can't find anyone to defend him, so he's going to defend himself. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's been like, substantiated yet, but that's incredible. Well, well let, let's face it. He's got Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, who hasn't had a successful case in however many years, is pretty much the only person that's willing to stand up against him. And that's just because he's, he's going under the same kind of charges that Trump is. That's a, probably a good sign that you're on the losing side, that no one is willing to pick up your case. Tell you what, Giuliani, I wouldn't trust him to book the Four Seasons if he <laughs> <laughs> It was just, it was just, um, it was the dye leaking down his face was my favourite part. It, was, it made him look like, um, it made him look like that villain in that film. You ever watched The Fifth Element? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love The Fifth <laughs> Element. <laughs> you know, Gary Oldman has got, when he's under real pressure, that little bead comes down his forehead. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you actually look like a sci-fi villain. Good. Well, uh, political uh, commentary aside, should we move on to our p- pursuit of hoppiness? And, um... Oh, let's please, because I am loving a pesh. I told you boys on my way in, uh, on the way in before we got this recording, I was so looking forward to a pesh. Doesn't it just take you back? Mm. I was going to say, we're all going to sound incredibly middle class now when we start talking about a pesh, but dear God, it tastes good when you, when you come off the I always liked it, so yeah, we are. I mean, we're, this is, this is um, mi- mi- Middle England, <laughs> like... Coming of age story. Any of the uh, <laughs> listeners who have watched Chalet Girl, that is pretty much what what we were doing. Except, um, I don't know, in a slightly less dreamy fashion. And uh, obviously, my skiing skills completely uh, showed up. Rich and Joe. Um, <laughs> oh well, they've actually not burst out laughing as soon as I I thought they they would. On <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, anyone's not familiar. So it's it's. I think this is the the whole, kind of the point of Jubel is they are pitching themselves as the Apre ski beer. Um, it's common in these ski resorts, again, for anyone unfamiliar, that I think possibly just out of everyone being bored of, this is how I read it, this is just my opinion, so, you know, other opinions are available, but it was almost like everyone, a lot of people just had so much just lager, because not many different types of, of beer, as I remember, being available in, in the Alps, that they added in little peach, peach, <laughs> <pêche> liqueur, <laughs> Pesh, of course, being the French for, yeah, you guessed it, peach. Um, <laughs> and it just, just gives a little, little extra dynamic to, to, to a lager normally because it's normally that pesh is added to a beer, but uh, this one we're drinking today is 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 a beer sort of already cut with pesh. I'm, I'm, I'm on the right track here, guys. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, it's, it is... Uh, yeah, sorry, no, I was, was going to say, because it, it was an Apre-based beer, I still have one of my, my favourite Apre stories was the three of us was when we'd all been probably in the Alps of all of about two weeks um, and we're skiing back, uh, and Barber, being the excellent skier he is, falls over and conveniently pops his shoulder out of his socket. Oh, I'd say it was inconveniently. Um, 
and uh, it was really inconvenient. And uh, yeah, I'd say pretty ruddy, pretty ruddy, painful. If I'm quite honest, pretty ruddy. Painful. I was definitely doing something really gnarly too. <laughs> so we were just cruising down a green slope. <laughs> <laughs> bit oh, bit, bit of skiing pants right there. <laughs> bit of skiing, but, but 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 the best part of the whole situation was when Barber had clearly dislocated his shoulder. Was in was in a fair bit of pain, and then Mister Druitt taps him on his shoulder that's currently dislocated and goes it's going to be all right and barbara's face was, uh, was an absolute <laughs> well <picture>. in my <laughs> in my defense on this i i had was having an absolute brain fart i was so wrapped up in worry for my mate who just who just done a serious injury to himself uh, sweet, you've really. got the peace stairs there as well so they're the medical like paramedics basically who are helping him you know going to help him get down the mountain and uh, and they're like saying right, you, we've been with him for probably what like half an hour, forty five minutes, I think, on the mountain, waiting for this yeah, to happen. Yeah, you were really, really sweetly and really diligently feeding me like jelly yeah. baby sweets. Oh, it's really sweet. Sure Keep his like sugar that. levels up, kind of stave off the shock. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to, I'm first aid responder at this point. So you know, yeah. I've tried running up the mountain with my skis still on rather than taking them off. You know, I've done weird stuff building up to this moment. <laughs> <laughs> out of blind panic that my mate's hurt. <laughs> and anyway, so about that. That, so I get up there and I'm feeling of sweets, all this. So this is all happening. And then the piece is like, right, he's in our hands. You can go now. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of sense of relief that it's easy with the professionals, whatever. And so I go, it's all right, mate. And I just, I do tap you <laughs> on your dislocated shoulder arm. <laughs> and I remember the look of you of absolute like, what the F are you doing? And the fact that the pista behind you does exactly the same thing. I go, oh my God, I've messed up bad here. <laughs> he turns it to me and he says, this is your friend, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah he used to be. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, as you say, Drabs, that was a pinnacle moment of our friendship. But, but, but you know who the real victims of that story were? It was actually me and you, yeah. Joe. It's true. It's true. I ruined everything, didn't I? Yeah. You ruined everything because that was the reason this is an apres story. This was the first apres we were going to attend. Instead, we ended up in a hospital watching Barber get his shoulder popped back into his shoulder so we could not go and enjoy pesh beer. We had to miss out. Yeah, really. It's, that's, really that's why it's my favourite apres story. Okay. Really, it's a non-apres story, isn't it? Uh, let's be honest. Right. Um, so, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it for this reason, but if anyone was thinking about it, getting your shoulder popped back in is an absolute treat. It's almost, <laughs> worth, almost worth having your shoulder popped out for. That's not what we're here to talk no. about, though. Well, bring it, bringing it back to Jubel. Um, Rich, what was the name of the bar that we had frequented very quickly before we had to make a quick escape to get back onto the side of the mountain? Oh, it was the it was the Folly Deuce. So the Folly Deuce, uh, which is a famous um, apre bar in the in the Alps. Absolutely. So bringing it back to our story at um, at, at Jubel. So the founder or co-founder Jesse Wilson was in the Folly Deuce and was enjoying a demi pesh. Which, as Barbara was kind of explaining earlier on, is a, a, a beer with peach. Either it can be a uh, fresh peach, a puree, or a concentrate, or even an extract of peach. But it's got some sort of, you know, added thing to the beer itself. So he was enjoying De- this demi Demi being a half. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, at the Folly Deuce and just thought, oh, I need to bring this back to the UK. Because he was trying to find it when he got here. Um I was digging a bit more into uh, Jesse's background and he was on the grad scheme at the time of Mars Chocolate. You know, we know Mars, the big, big company. So he was on the grad scheme at Mars uh, and then basically was like, 
and in the in his like kind of spare time he was working on this kind of like beer idea he was you know trialing how to make this this pesh you know this demi pesh work in a kind of a craft beer setting putting a lot like learning how to brew at the same time you know it says in this article like inundating his friends and family with you know many different iterations of his beer uh and that became the uh you know basically became jubel which launched in april 2018 so i was going to say i tried jubel probably for the first time i think was when we were in the beer festival or it would have been was it last weekend yeah last weekend we're at the beer festival was it last two weekends ago it was the first time i tried jubel and I'm always a bit cautious when someone's trying to replicate something that I've tried before and I've tried kind of like the authentic version, shall I say. Um, we've tr- I've tried it with a beer with a the, with the pesh into it. And I was genuinely pleasant surprise, pleasantly surprised because they had the elderflower and, um, and the grapefruit as well there. Well, what are you guys... Have you guys got them, have you guys got them now? What have you got? Because I've got the peach and the grapefruit. Uh, yeah. Um, I haven't got the elderflower. I'm on the same, but I had the elderflower at this beer festival that Rich is talking about. And, yeah. Same. So I've tried the three beers yeah. that they have. Yeah. Rich, what have you got? I've got the grapefruit, and it is fantastic. Do you know what? If I was... If I was um, we don't not one for ranking, but actually the grapefruit is my, my favourite of these, um, closely followed by the peach and then the... Um, the elderflower is personally not my cup of tea. We tried it at the, the craft beer festival the other week. Um, I also saw them. They had quite, I was going to say it was a big presence, but I think it's actually just I ha- happened upon them really early. But they were at Truck Fest, um, the music festival in, in sort of Oxford way I went to in the summer, which actually it was really welcome at because it was like high 20s the whole weekend. It was that sort of dry, parched feeling the whole way. Um, there was a little bit of an apres ski sort of contingent contingent vibing outside their van as well which was nice because it made me feel sort of like not too posh <laughs> at the music <laughs> festival as well um but um for, for, for me the, the the peach which is i suppose kind of like the, the you'd have thought would be the sort of flagship one that's a little little bit sweet for me but um it's nice because it also makes uh, essentially what's a lager really accessible for for lots of people who i think probably wouldn't go to 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 a beer um uh, naturally anyway it just yeah has a nice sort of sweet refreshing uh, quality that um that will go down very well with a, a huge number of people i imagine yeah totally i think it's very accessible as you said to a lot of people for this uh it's also it's super refreshing i mean like having that pesh to start off with and now moving on to the grapefruit variety is delicious um so i was really fascinated to find out more about jubel because obviously this is a person right quite a young guy co-founder right we don't know who the other co-founder is we'll probably find that out i'm sure you know he's whoever that person is is kind of like behind the scenes but jesse's on the front person but they put their like their young guy was on a grad scheme started brewing on the side put their life savings and found capital investment and managed to build up a, a beer brand which is as of 2013 growing in popularity in the uk and not and not to mention in the in the apre land where it's really kind of positioned for so i was trying to quite find out well how's he done this has he just been given a load of money from you know whomever you know uncle some whatever who died and he's just been left a load of money so it turns out that he is one of these kind of people who are who are really on the back, uh, that's kind of running on the tail. Um, uh, the, what's it called? What's that phrase? Tails? Running yes, on the thank tails. you. He's really running on the coattails of contract brewing. So we've talked about contract brewing before. You know, the likes of uh, Brewgooder. You know, they don't they don't have their own brewery. They basically contract out their liquid uh, to other brewers who make it for them, and then they sell right, it on. Okay. And blah yeah. blah blah. So Jubel 
is made by the the one and only St. Orsul Brewery. Oh, oh really? Okay. So okay. St. Orsul make Jubel's beers. And the reason why they ended up choosing uh, St. Orsul is because Jubel's beer process, because of this cutting with fruit, is a really complicated process. Mm-hmm. It's not your average brew that you make. You it's really it it's complicated. So uh, Jesse's in this article is saying that he talked to over 100 different you know, contract brewers and they landed on, on St. Orsul because it seemed to be like a, ma- a match made in heaven. St. Orsul at this time were were branching out and creating a brand new brewery that we've covered before in Bath called Hare Brewery. You know, this is the yeah. kind of oh, this yeah. is them kind of merger with with um, with Bath Ales. This is kind of like part of the process. They invested in Bath Ales, created a, a boat. But anyway, so Jubel beers are made in in Hare Brewery in Bath. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Plot thickens. Yeah. So I suppose they probably can't. But like, um, if I was a brewery, I would also really want to boast that I was doing this. Uh, in my industry, we'd call that like white label. I think that's that's in other industries as well, doing white label products, so producing it and let someone else stick their label over, over yeah. the top of it. I imagine it's probably part of the deal that they can't say, yeah, by the way, that's our beer. Um, but you, I would really want to, if I was the brewery, to be like, yeah, okay. So a lot of people probably go, oh, actually, I don't really like the Sun Hostel beers. And they go, oh, do you like Jubel? And they go, yeah. It's like, well... What do you know? We do. <laughs> no, well. I'm with you. I mean, but also you're right. Does it does that mean that Jubel can be stopped in all of St. Orsul's like pubs, Where bars, outlets, you know, restaurants, yeah. hotels, you know, because they've got a huge, you know, network in the UK. It might be. Um, I mean, I'm just quite interested by that. I mean, obviously, contract or white label brewing, as we kind of know it as, is huge. It's a massive business earner, um, and it's been happening for years and generations. But it really seems to have really taken ahead, especially when you put a spotlight on some of these kind of up and coming brewers yeah. who don't have their own premises, because. Obviously, capital is a huge barrier to entry for any business. You know, if you don't own the premises, you don't have the money to buy the premises and put the things and you need someone who's got all of that. And then you can basically say, hey, I've got this great recipe. Can you help me fine tune it on a bigger scale? And can you then like put it through my brand, you know, which I'm, I'm going to be the one who's driving the brand forward, doing all of the, you know, as we saw firsthand at the craft, London Craft Beer Festival, the people on the ground in the fantastic like Jeep bar that we saw. I mean, how good was that? It was like the half of a Jeep just opened up into an amazing looking bar. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. It was amazing. Yeah, it was like, um, I feel like I'm going to have the, like I'm gonna have my eyes opened in the short, in the, in the very near future, about loads of beers that I thought were like new independent breweries, and turns out this whole time they were actually made by uh, someone you know big and really re- reputable that, that I actually knew about and just had no idea that was how it was was working. I know, Rich is, Rich is, we're going to stress test Rich's craft beer list, oh. you know, his criteria for craft well, beers. Since, since since going to that craft beer festival, I it's opened my eyes to how many. We still have to try. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Like, every now and then we do kind of go, oh god, what, how we? Who, 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 this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna. How, how long is this gonna last? And so I say, yeah, don't, don't worry. There's, there's breweries about. Um, so I guess, I mean, who wants to summarize, summarize Jubel or Jubel? Do we even discuss Jubel or Jubel? Uh, I've been going, I've been going Jubel. I don't know. That seems like it has the sort of French vibe, but you know, the folly douce, which is, yeah. Um, I'm on to that, but there must be parts of the UK where J-U-B-E-L is pronounced very differently to the French Alps. Or is it it (laughs) U-Bell? Might be a soft J. I suppose, like, like to 
to, to summarize it is if you can't afford to go skiing but want to drink like you're going skiing try Jebel <laughs> okay I'm with you on that one Interesting I, think, I think there's definitely a part of that people who part of the skiing crowd but actually you know if you're a fan of a Bellini try the Pesh from Jubel. Oh, yeah, it is shout. so good and I like if you want a really refreshing palate cleansing quite interesting lager I would be picking up these Jubels and I would be very interested to try um, you know, to give these to people who have never been in that skiing environment, because let's face it, that's quite a it's, quite niche. <laughs> it's big in a lot of people, but it's very niche in the the broader sense of of people. But I would be interested to give this beer and just be like, what, what do you like this or not? Because it's so different, isn't it, yeah. than most beers out there? I'd almost go if you're not a beer fan, try some Jubel, yeah. and also yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, to, if you want to give it a sample. Exactly. And also, I mean, just like the the the, the brass tax of it, it's like a four percent. Um, it is uh, most of these are called session lagers. Really light. I mean, the more I get through the, the grapefruit one, almost like I could be convinced this is a soft drink. Um, the, the more I have of it, but um, I think they also really boast about being gluten free, low sugar. I think that's relatively speaking to other sort of drinks in similar market. Vegan friendly, carbon negative. Um, you know, uh, and they've they've had some other accreditation, but um, yeah, maybe we will go and get one and hang out at Milton Keynes Snowdome or something like that. <laughs> so I on Instagram, they have twenty five point six k followers. I suppose that's that's the turning up at music festivals and and, and craft beer festivals is probably paying dividends there, isn't it? Um, and they must have uh, an Instagram, but I can't. Uh, sorry, a Twitter, but I can't find them on Twitter. They're being hashtagged a lot on Twitter, but I can't see them actually having a, uh, you know, an account. So I think maybe just push all your, all your. They're just really going hard on Instagram. Their, their social media person is going to um, hit their target of doubling their output next year. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter. I'll try that podcast.com and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>